Yes, I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Taylor Reese. <laughs> and welcome to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host alongside my other co-host, Jackie Dupree, a.k.a. the commissioner. And this is episode 35 of season two. Jacob, um, yeah, I'm pretty relaxed, as you can tell. I've been on vacation. Uh, sorry for the raspy voice. Uh, a lot of salt water from the Atlantic. But I am back and rejuvenated and ready to get into week one on this glorious Sunday evening. Just for context, so that way we don't get called out in the comments for not talking about Monday night or something. <laughs> yeah, like, well, we'll J- Jansen and I will probably talk about that tomorrow as it's happening-ish, so... Brace yourselves, because it's going to be a snooze fest anyways, but I don't know. If week one has showed us anything, just hold on to your butts, because it's going to be a crazy year. Um, I mean, it, look, there's a freaking tie, okay? I, I I mean, look, here's the thing. I love the NFL. It's it's great that it's back. Same thing with college football. It's been kind of crazy. Oh, oh yeah, went to Scott the Frost OS, is fired. So. Went to the OSU game on Saturday. Oh, nice. Got to watch that firsthand. It was fantastic. Against Arizona State, right? Yes, it was. Oh, nice. Not nice. Lie, the first half, I was terrified. Um, it was it was weird getting on a plane um, from the from the uh, Dominican. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one from the Dominican in the islands, and you you see like all the different sectors of, of fans, and we're all huddled. You know, we're like in line trying to get on the plane, and there's these folks. They had their phone out and they were watching the game track of uh, Texas and Alabama. And we're like, oh, oh my god! And we were like, oh, are y'all like fans? Or I'm like, no, we're Aggies, but we're here hate watching. And I was like, oh, okay. It's <laughs> like, who do you want to lose more? And they're like, can they both lose? And it's like, mm, no, it not really. Yeah, yeah. Dang. Oh, uh, yeah. That that's all we're gonna hear now is OU and OSU fans is how Texas got within one against Alabama for the next 34 days, 354 but- days. I will throw this out there an awkward uh, and also terrifying, like, you know, not like remembrance because it's a vaguely familiar situation of a certain BCS national title game where the starting quarterback came out hot on like the first or second drive, yep. then injured out backup came in, but Hey, Hudson card, he, he kept the ship kind of not sinking. I, I won't say he, floating, but I agree. Um, yeah, no, I mean, kudos to, to the, ugh, it was football UT. Yeah, it was a good game. It was a it good was game. Great. It was football, but anyways, back to the NFL. So, so anyways, crazy stuff happened for college. And then, you know, after we had that game on Thursday night, <laughs> which by the way, I hated it. Hated every second. Um, international rules and regulations for internet TV distribution rights is not fun, and it was literally like Sherlock Holmes trying to find out one television that had ESPN or the NFL Network to figure out this game. It didn't have ESPN the Ocho, basically. No, I saw ESPN six though. Um, oh, it had it like close. a tier three soccer team, so that that was pretty cool, <laughs> I guess. Uh, there was a lot of um, we, we went to a show, and there was a they they were you know you know scream and shout if you're from this country, and they had like different flags that came up on on the screen. Uh-huh. Um, and shockingly, there wasn't a lot of Americans. It was more like Brazilians and Colombians. So the soccer was plastered across the screens and there was this small little like 32 inch television that had the games on. So I was kind of watching that as closely as I could. And uh, yeah, let's get right into it. The uh, the bills are here 
and um, they're coming. They was, are coming. That was just an absolute slaughter. Like Matt Stafford did not look good. Um, just no one on the offense outside of Cooper Cup looked good. And I'll just go ahead and do this since this hurt my heart the most. Cam Akers put up a goose for me and, you know, mostly just one league, thankfully. But then there was because me and Jance were texting. He's like, who the heck? Like, was there any piece of information that came out that was saying it was going to be the Daryl Henderson show with Cam Akers just showing up? Um, and I love a quote that Sean McVay had after the game. He's like, well, he has to make the most op- most of the opportunities that were given to him. Uh, we just really want to see more of a sense of urgency. I'm like, dude, the three touches. Okay, that's right. Cam Akers had three touches for zero total yards. Okay. One of them a run up the middle, which is a terrible idea against a Bills front in the first place. Oh, yeah. Second one, same thing. Uh, I think Ed Oliver just shook off the right guard and just met him in the backfield. Then the last one, which was my favorite, he got like a a swing pass as the fifth option where he was 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage. He made a guy miss, looked good doing it, and then he made a great play to get back to the line of scrimmage. I mean, fantasy-wise, you just start Daryl Henderson now. I don't – you just – based off of what we have seen – you have to start Daryl Henderson if you have to. But, I mean, if you can, you might want to avoid this situation. I probably cannot in a couple of leagues, but I have Daryl Henderson, so I'll be mostly okay. But, once again, like I will say, last season Daryl Henderson was, I believe it was a top 14 running back the first 12 weeks before he uh, really rolled his ankle real hard in the their Week 12 match. So, he could do it. We can see it happen. The, the thing that was probably most telling to me was the line play. I mean, seeing Von Miller on the other side, you could definitely see that the Rams defense was missing him. And the Buffalo Bills were like, thank goodness he's here. That that six-year contract is looking better and better, especially with it being front-loaded on his contract. So good for him. I, I love the play with Stefan Diggs scoring the touchdown and getting after it with uh, Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, there was headlines that was coming out on online talking about uh when he was trashing josh allen talking about how he was a terrible quarterback and all this other stuff so seeing jalen ramsey john with everyone hey it's it's part of the game uh sometimes you win and sometimes you get face planted and uh in this case but man did josh allen cook 26 for 31 297 three touchdowns he did have two interceptions but he also had 10 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown and neither of those picks were his fault though that's the thing no one of them isaiah mckenzie got it ripped from him one of them jameson crowder also had it ripped from him um so i mean like i in my mind i see those two ints and i just take an eraser and like scribble them out because they don't exist right um i think another fantasy storyline was Kind of interestingly, Zach Moss had six receptions. I don't know yeah, if that's just how it yeah, that was not a, that's accidentally not what I was happened, but I mean, I think it's a storyline to watch because um, I think the um, beat writer, I think his last name is Biscoglia. I think I got that right. I don't know. Probably not. But anyways, for the Bills, he said that Zach Moss has earned himself a spot in this rotation. He said that since pretty much April, since May, he's just like, this guy's going to have a spot in the rotation. This guy's going to have a spot in the rotation. I think maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I'm still hands off from the Bill receivers. Uh, Gabe Davis caught a long touchdown, keeping that trend alive. But, I mean, it was just a great game to watch for the Bills. And if you were a Rams player manager other than Cooper Cup, you were kind of sad. So – do you feel like there's concern that Tyler Higby had 11 targets? 
He was, he had the second highest, most targets. I mean, I'm, I'm concerned about Allen Robinson. He had one catch for 12 yards. What I'm going to loosely say is I feel like it was more of a Allen Robinson was still getting introduced into the playbook, making sure that he's in the right spot at the right time, because in the game, he looked good running routes. Like he was getting separation. He was getting off the line. So he looked good. Just give it time. And the other question I have is, is do you think this team is missing Odell Beckham Jr.? No, not yet. Not yet? Okay. No. Okay. It's too early to tell. Okay. All right, so moving into our next game here, we had a uh, close game here. We had the Saints taking on the Atlanta Falcons. We have the new starting quarterback, Marcus Mariota. We had some rookies that were playing. We had Chris Olave. We had Drake London. And then, of course, some uh, newcomers from last year that were hoping to have that Meteoric rise for a sophomore season in the name of Kyle Pitts. We also had uh, Taysom Hill being at full time at tight end. So some interesting storylines. Yeah, it's been a minute. Okay, <laughs> give me a break. Yeah, Jameis Winston going 23 of 34 for 269, two touchdowns. He had a two point conversion. Marcus Mariota, 20 of 33, 215. He had 12 carries for 72 yards. And, and our boy, down. don't forget that touchdown and that touchdown. Oh, look, Cordell Patterson, New Year, same Five. old dude. 22 carries, 120 yards and a touchdown with three catches for 16 the yards. 31 year old <laughs> second year running back. This is great. I will definitely throw this out there that I think a lot of the work, a lot of extra work went to him because Damian Williams was out with an injury. Tyler Algier. Yeah, we'll call it that. <laughs> I think Tyler Algier also wasn't on the active roster. He's injured or something because, like, there were only two guys, two running backs on this roster coming into the game, and one of them who had two carries in the first, like, five plays, I think, in Damian Williams got hurt with a rib injury and was out for the rest of the game. So the Falcons are just kind of like the John Travolta get Jeff looking around with his hands up like, well, what do I do? And it's just, oh, we'll give it to Cordero. It worked out. Um, I, I think Drake London had a very impressive game. first game. Yeah, a good opener. Five catches for 74 yards. He had seven targets. He uh, tied for uh, target scene along with Kyle Pitts. Kyle only had two catches for 19 yards, but I mean, that's going to happen. But if Drake London continues this rise for his rookie season, it's going to make Kyle's job a lot easier. Um me being an owner of both of those uh, gentlemen in a couple of different leagues, I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for them. Taysom Hill, he had four carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. He also had a catch for two yards. So the gadget man himself, Taysom Hill, is still at it again. I, I hope you I hope you play someone who starts Taysom Hill next week expecting this because Taysom is probably going to put up a goose. I, I feel like he, he'll, he'll score a touchdown like every four weeks. Like at the end of the season, we'll see, oh my gosh, Taysom Hill had seven touchdowns this year. You know, I like I feel like that's kind of how it's going to be. He's probably going to have anywhere from 20 to 50 carries. This is just what he does. And then Michael Thomas, you know, it's been over two years since we've seen him be in action. So for him to have a really good game was impressive. He had five catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns. Jacob, my question to you is, is is this par for the course? Is this going to be a resurgence of Michael Thomas or is this a fluke game just playing against the Atlanta Falcons who are young and um you know improving i don't i don't know i it feels kind of weird the fact that they're running i think i only see they had 13 rushing attempts from the running backs yeah nine from alvin Kamara, four from mark ingram 
I mean, I don't think that's going to be a consistent normal thing. So I would anticipate this to flip. But with that being said, I mean, for me, the question is, would you rather have Mike Thomas or Jarvis Landry on a week in, week in, week out basis? Like Chris Lava is going to be great for Dynasty. He scored 7.6 points in our half point PPR league. That's that's fine. Um, but would you rather have Jarvis Landry who had seven receptions for 114 yards or five catches, 57 yards, and two touchdowns? Obviously, the two touchdowns are great, but, like, you would ask yourself, okay, but if he doesn't catch those or if he doesn't come down for those, it week's kind of a myth week at best. Right. I mean, it's just, once again, it's a situation to monitor. It's week one. If I had to call my shot, I would probably take Mike Thomas just because we've seen him be great. Jarvis Landry's always been good, but – I feel like with the way this offense is going to flow is once Mike Thomas is fully healthy, he's going to be the show. No, I, I completely agree with that. I think Michael Thomas is, you know, returning to form and, and being a former Jarvis Landry owner, he was very up and down and who's to say that was the offense or whatever that may be seven catches for 114 yards. I just don't see that being the consistent week in and week out player that Jarvis is. I, I see him being maybe in that more seven to nine point range, very similar to an Emmanuel Sanders a few years back when he was with the Saints, where you know he'd have that peak game every three to four games, but his numbers around seven to nine points. And speaking of which, Chris Olave had a very good season uh, season opener, three catches for 41 yards and a two-point conversion. Yeah, no, it's I mean, it, it is what it is. Give everyone time. It's week one. Once again, if I have to make my pick now and who's going to be the best Saint receiver for the rest of the year, I'll probably take Michael Thomas. Okay, so moving on to the next game here, we had the Browns taking on the Panthers. Baker Mayfield trying to get some revenge. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. There was a heartbreaker. They're up 24 to 23, and a rookie kicker kicked a 58-yard Game-winning touch or game-winning field goal. Oh boy, twenty-six to twenty-four for the Browns. Yeah, I mean the fantasy narrative from this game. Uh, Baker, while he didn't look great, honestly, he didn't look horrible. Um, I see he had four fumbles. I'm interested to see, like, was it actually four fumbles, like four turnovers, or did the ball just bounce out of his hand off his line recover? I don't know. Didn't get a chance to see it, but um, Kareem Hunt. I mean, two touchdowns with a combined total of. 70 yards seems a little I mean it's, it is what it is but Nick Chubb had 22 carries for 141 yards that's impressive it's gonna be part of the course for the next 12 that's games. what we've basically called since the Deshaun Watson suspension was hello Nick Chubb um for Carolina Christian McCaffrey he didn't look great but I would also bring up that it was probably mostly this Browns defensive front because I mean they have good offense good defensive line um up there in Cleveland even though their offense kind of sucks um, and then kind of – so the thing I want, might want to park on for a hot second is two separate things. DJ Moore only had six tar- only had six targets and was outpaced by Robbie Anderson, who had five catches for 102 and one. Right. Uh, and then for the Browns, you had Donovan Peoples-Jones get 11 targets, most on the team by far. So, I mean, if you had to choose between Robbie Anderson or Donovan Peoples-Jones for the rest of the season, which player would you choose? Probably Robbie Anderson, because I've seen him be able to he's had these flashes when he was with uh, New York. And I believe that first year he was with Carolina, Uh, whereas Donovan People Jones, he's had these flashes in a game, but not been able to sustain it over a season. And it may just be one of those things of quarterback preference for uh, Jacoby Brissett. 
Uh, now, is this going to be the same thing moving forward once Deshaun is back into the fold? I don't know. Uh, so I think it's something we definitely need to watch closely over the weeks moving ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm just it is what it is. I still view DJ Moore as a wide receiver one the rest of the year. Just hold on to your butts because I agree. Baker Mayfield's eventually going to start force feeding him targets. I just I got that got that feeling, that feely feel. No, I I, I agree on that, and that's something I, I want to say real quick. Two things that should be taken away from Week One every single year as a fantasy owner is one, not to overreact. If you won, you know, keep your eyes close on the waiver wires, continue to try to improve your team week to week. And then also don't, don't overreact and start dropping people or trying to make ridiculous trades. If you did lose based on how players are playing, I know there was a a couple of people, uh, DJ Moore being one of them where they didn't have the greatest uh, fantasy openers, but look at the stats see what their past has been and see where the team is moving forward and go from there. Everyone just needs to take a deep breath. It's one week. There's 18, there's 17 more weeks after this. Just everyone take a deep breath. <laughs> take it's going to be okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, If you lost week one, breathe. Yep. Check your points. Cause typically I think the average roster, if you score over 110, over a hundred points a week, you should win most games. Um, and even going back over to and if, like, if your roster scored 125 points and you lost, you should still be happy. That's a good week. That's a good day. At the exactly. But anyways, moving on, we, we can do it. <laughs> oh boy. This one was a uh, clunker and, uh, I'm going to let you have this one. Cause I, this is red <laughs> meat for you. So we had the 49ers hanging on the bears. The bears won 19 to 10. I'm so glad that was not on our local television. <laughs> I, I really am. And I had streaming. I'm really glad this was not available. I was like, oh, darn it. Blackout. Ah, shucks. No, uh, Trey Lance, 13 of 28, 164 and one, 13 carries for 54 yards. And he did fumble. Um, the thing that I will give credit to all offenses in this game is it was a torrential downpour for the vast majority of the game. Um, so kind of take everything you see. From both sides, yes, this is someone as a Trey Lance hater. Take it all with a grain of salt because if it's a fresh field, if it's good conditions or at least better conditions, I think some things are different, but I still think that the fact that Trey Lance was under 50% completion rating has to be worrisome a little bit. He did have one very good play action. I think it was in the second quarter um, where he held the fake long enough that the entire defense bit, and then all of a sudden, oh, what's his name? What's his butt? Jawan Jennings was able to make a double move on the corner for nice, like I think it was a 30 or 40 yard gain. And he, and he hit him on the spot. So I'll give credit where credit is due, but the rest of the game kind of looks like the 49ers just decided to shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly. Um, Justin Fields. I mean, it's not like he went crazy. I mean, he went eight for 17 for 121 with two touchdowns and a pick. I mean, he kind of lucked out. I, I think the bears are still one more year away. Uh, they're, I think they're three uh, years away. <laughs> Who was it? Uh, I think it was Pro Football Focus had said that the Bears are going to have a hundred million dollars in cap space in 2023. Um, there, it's almost double than any other team next year, so they're definitely going to have some room to spin. And then a question I have is: so Jawan Jennings, he had four catches for 62 yards. He's shown these flashes before. Do you see him being a potential waiver wire pickup on Wednesday? Yet yeah, no. Yes. I 
My gut that, tells is that because you're eyeballing them or no? My gut tells me no, just because I believe that if all if weather was fair, that Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk would have better games. I also believe if George Kittle was in the lineup, that those targets that were Juwan James probably right. would significantly go down. I so forgot about that. Yeah, my money would still be no, but um, if he does this again, or even if he's like four catches for forty yards next week and like deep leagues especially Dynasty if he's on your waiver, I think he'd be worth kicking the tires on because you have to ask yourself the question, what if Debo or what if Brandon Ayuk goes down, he would be the next guy to step up. Okay, so moving on to our AFC North Divisional game. Oh, why did we skip that? Like the Bears half, man. Oh, well, I was just, just, you know, moving on. (laughs) Continue, sorry. No, if it's any consolation, all I was going to say is, once again, Big grain of salt for everybody, especially Cole Komet, because the game had 17 total attempts from the Bears' side of the offense. Um, something I would definitely watch is Khalil Herbert had nine carries uh, for 45 yards and a touchdown, so he definitely was a little bit more productive than David Montgomery's 17 carries for 26 yards. Still think David Montgomery's the hoss. Still think he's going to be the guy, so just be patient. Okay, now I'm done. <laughs> And, and then one other thing, Daryl Mooney, who's been told that, you know, we've talked about how he's the wide receiver one for the Bears. He only had one catch for eight yards. So that may be something we need to watch over the next couple of weeks. But like we said, only 17 passing 17 attempts. 17 pass so. attempts, monsoon. I really feel like from this game, there's not too much that you can take away from it. So just other than, oh, yeah, Elijah Mitchell got hurt and was ruled out. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. But, hey, he's already hurt. So. <laughs> okay. On with the chlorophyll. Yeah. We put that on a t-shirt. Good quote. All right. So moving on to the AFC North matchup, we had the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. This was a great game. It was a hot one. It was was, was so hot. It was hot cheese. It it really was. Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. You know, did did, did what he did. Uh, 21 to 38, 194 and a touchdown. He had three carries for nine yards, nine yards. Najee Harris had 10 carries for 23 yards. He had two catches for three yards and a touchdown. I am officially concerned. He went out in the fourth quarter with a foot injury. Remember that same foot that he said he had a list Frank injury on the off season. It yeah. was the same side, which means OSU alum Jalen Warren UDFA somehow steps in. And if he's on redraft waivers, you probably should be dropping a fat bed for him. Just in case the news comes out that Najee's out for a bit. Jalen Warren's going to be a the dude. Oh, gosh, I don't need this news. I really don't. <laughs> uh, Deontay Johnson, he had a team high 12 targets. He had seven catches for 55 yards. He did have a fumble. Uh, Chase Claypool, six carries for 36 yards. He also had four catches for 18 yards. So is Chase Claypool kind of turning into a gadget player? I know he was always kind of seen as that deep threat player, but six catches for... 36 yards, is this a little bit of experimenting in the very similar way that they've done with Debo? I feel like they're just trying to get the ball into the playmaker's hands, and that's why he has, you know, four receptions for 18 yards. Most of them were short, choppy, just try to get him to make a game-breaking play because, I mean, he is a tall, lanky dude who can make space. Um, So I think that's all it really was. And then George Pickens, he had a catch for three yards. Everyone just calm down. He's a rookie. Chillax. It's going to be all right. 
And then Pat Fryermuth, five catches for 75 yards. He had 10 targets. 10 targets. That's the big one. This is a big key. And we had kind of talked about this based on the quarterback that was going to be in there. Very similar situation with the Browns. It's based on the quarterback's preference. And I had talked about this. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be captain check down, and there's no one better than the frying hands of Pat Fryermuth. Okay. That is all I'm saying. It's just hot bread. That's all it is. He's going to put in the bread. Yeah. The frying hands of Pat Fryermuth. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Bengals, who had unfortunately lost in the Super Bowl. You have Joe Burrow going 33 of 53, 338, two touchdowns. He had a two-point conversion. He did have four interceptions, but let's let's not talk about the turnovers. It's Joe Burrow. He was able to get his team back into this, got it to overtime. If anything, they're gonna be just fine. If anything, send a low ball offer just to see what happens. <laughs> he also had six carries for 47 yards. Hey, and he looked like a better runner. Like he, he looked like he was past that ACL injury. He I think. If he puts on 300 rushing yards, he could be the quarterback one. Oh, yeah. And then with Joe Mixon, he had 27 carries for 82 yards, and he had seven catches for 63 yards. 34 opportunities this game. It was beautiful. 34. And he stayed healthy until I saw him limp limp off in, like, the fourth quarter or overtime. But, I mean, hey, he'll be back. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And then Jamar doing Jamar things. Jamar catches. Geez. My God, I love that man. <laughs> Team high is 16 targets. He had 129 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, who went out of the game early, was having a really good game. Until then, he had four catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. I feel bad for him because I think, you know, he probably would have had three to four more targets. Easy. He, he could have had three or four more like receptions by the end of this because another highlight is T. Higgins was ruled out with a concussion like in the middle of the first or second quarter, I mm-hmm. think. So if you're a Jamar Chase manager, you are with potentially without Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, which means 16 targets is probably going to be the low number after next week happens. Oh yeah. You could see 20 targets next week. I mean, and one other thing I just want to real quick. And he may catch 17. That's the, that's a beautiful thing. It doesn't even matter if the, if the defense is targeting him, he's going, all right, I'm yeah, taking on all these fools cool. right now. Let's because go. Because in the fourth <laughs> quarter, if you were watching the game, what happened was Crazy. Joe Burrow dropped back. And genuinely, I felt like about one out of every, honestly, one out of every two passes, he was looking for Jamar. I remember whenever they were, they were down in the red zone, there was four straight pass attempts. All of them went to Jamar Chase. No, sorry, three of four. One of them hit a guy in the hand and dropped it. And Joe was like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that again. <laughs> But I mean, this feels very similar to the Packers last year when, when, you know, the Packers are down or it's close or whatever it may be. And it's like, all right, where's Devonte at? All right. We're hooking up. You're, you're getting 12 catches today. Yeah, it, it was, it's going to be very similar to that. The one thing I'll point on before we move on to the next game is it is possible for the Bengals to throw 53 times. I know it was overtime. So I think by the time of that, uh, the fourth quarter ended, I believe bro had about 45 attempts, I believe. So he had like 45 attempts, and Joe Mixon had, I think it was right at about 26, 27 opportunities. It is possible for all facets of this offense to be successful based off of, you know, touch counts, carry counts, and pass attempts. This next game, um, I'm very proud of because we were right about a lot of players 
on this next game. So I'm going to let you take it away on this one. So we had the Eagles playing the Lions. I really wish we could have seen this game because these are two young, promising teams. Philadelphia is all in on their team trying to win a Super Bowl. There's potential that they may go deep in the playoffs. Hey, they're my pick, baby, to get there. And the Lions? The Lions look good. And they, they fought back, and this team is playing for Dan Campbell. So watch out. All right. Jacob, without further ado, I'll let you take it away. Gloat about your boy. <laughs> I will in due time. Or your boys. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Jalen Hurts started off the game 0-6, but then he kind of rallied a little bit. I mean, he ended up um, 0-6, so minus 6, 26. 18 of his next 26 were complete. So, I mean, that's not bad. I mean, he's still just above, I think, like 55% completion. Um, but the catch is he has 243 yards passing. Okay, cool. Cool story. No, no one cares. 17 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. The 17 carries, I think, will come back south as the year goes on because they're going to try to protect him a little bit more. But if he still does that, he still has quarterback one potential. I know I've said it before. He, he technically, based off of the numbers, he kind of could hit the broad side of a barn. But the good news is, is A.J. Brown is as wide as a barn because he had 10 receptions on 13 targets for 155 yards straight out of the gate. I definitely think the head coach was saying, hey, we have a new bright, shiny toy. Let's make sure to force feed him the ball. Um, I will say, I believe it was after halftime, he had like 120 yards. So in the second half, his production really slowed down. If I'm right, if I'm wrong, cool, no problem, I'm fine. Doesn't have anything to do with the 20 million average he's getting right yeah, now? Nonsense, nonsense, child's play. The thing I'm going to be happy about is Miles Sanders had 13 carries for 96 yards. He's averaging over five yards a carry whenever you give it to him repeatedly. 7.4 yards were his average per carry this game. And he scored a, a touchdown. Great news. He can score a touchdown, everybody. I told you it would happen. Jance, that jersey's going to look pretty on you, my friend, and then it's going to be mine. <laughs> I will put out there, Kenny Gamewell also had a rushing touchdown. Boston Scott had a rushing touchdown. By that point in time, the game was, was at the time, out of, out of hand, out of pocket. Then the Lions decided to show up and come back. Um, on the flip side, the big storyline here for me is DeAndre Swift, 15 carries for 144 yards. Oh, my God. That's that was, the reason he's a top five dynasty running back right now. It's a very valid point. And if he keeps his production up, he might be number two. You never know. We'll see what Javante Williams has to say tomorrow night. Or okay. No, sorry. Okay. Last night, as of the time that you heard this, so – Math. It's gonna be, I know it's gonna be fun to track between him and Jonathan Taylor this year because everyone's been talking about Jonathan Taylor, but I I think Miles Sanders and DeAndre Swift, it's gonna be fun to see how they're tracking if, say mid-October. If Miles can stay on the field, he will be a top 12 running back. I'm just letting you know. Um, another thing in the offseason that was a big storyline was will Amon Ross still get all the targets when everybody's healthy? Update, he did. He had 12 targets for 64 receptions Yay. and a touchdown with eight catches. <laughs> so, I mean, Jared Goff did not shy away from throwing it to him because, um, I mean, I believe 12 of 37, that's a 30% target share. That That's just – that's spicy. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was a fun game. That's all we can say about it. Uh, DJ, DJ Chark, Chark, you know, he had four he catches for 52 yards and a touchdown also. Yep. I mean, it was – it was it's going to be those two and TJ Hawkinson. You got Jamal Williams scoring a couple of touchdowns also, yep. but everyone kind of calmed down. He did the same thing at the beginning of last year. 
It's gonna it's gonna equal I mean, itself out. I feel like we'll we'll see because he was there. They were giving him work. I mean, he only had four less carries than DeAndre Swift. So I mean, he only had four less carries and one less target. So if you fi- see him on any waiver wire, you need to pick him up as of the time of this recording. Please do it for your own benefit. Um, also, the tight ends showed up pretty well. I mean, Dallas Goddard, three catches for 60 yards, and TJ Hawkinson, four for 38. Honestly, as long as you don't get a zero from your tight end, you're probably going to be happy unless you have Kelsey or Andrews. Okay, so we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to finish with the second half of week one of the NFL 2022 season here on episode 35 of season two. Hey, you want to hear something fun? Yeah, yeah. This is also for Jance. Jance, listen up. <clears throat> After one game, and I know it was a monsoon, but uh, Trey Lance, quarterback 24. Uh, Miles Sanders, let me scroll up real quick. Oh, yeah, running back 11. Just saying. So far, that's one win for daddy. All right, moving on. Welcome back to episode 35. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a tie week one. What, what is going America. on? <laughs> hey, we almost had two, okay? The Steelers and Bengals, we did. they tried their best. They did. Um, but the Colts did look quite good, and the Texans played hard. But for the uh, the Colts, you know, we had Matt Ryan with his new team, his new digs. He, had, he was 32 of 50. 352 and a touchdown. He also had four carries for 12 yards. Jonathan Taylor doing Jonathan Taylor things. He had 31 carries for 161 yards. My God. And a touchdown. He had 25.5 fantasy points (laughs) in half PPR leagues. No big deal. It's 5.2 yards per carry. NBD. And and your boy, feel good about this. Take credit for it. Michael Pittman. Pity City, baby. To quote Mike Wright of the fantasy footballers. Let's go. Nine catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Meat sweats. He was six for 60 in the first half. Now he's just over there in the corner. Ha! I was excited. <laughs> just losing it. I was a little bit. My dog was looking at me like, uh, Padre, are you uh, okay? Are you off your rocker? And the answer is yes, Oakley, I am off my rocker. You were like Jack Nicholson in the Batman when they were doing the parade and he's just dancing with the... <laughs> With the high top cane, just like money for everybody. It's either that or Jack Black from School of Rock. Whenever he just gets the idea to become Mr. Schneebly, okay, like that's (laughs) the same vein of thought was present. Okay, I'm just saying. Like, (laughs) hey, Davis Mills didn't look too bad either. No, three of thirty-seven, two forty. He had two touchdowns. Most important thing on this board for him: zero ints. Yes, he, he looked like a serviceable top 32 quarterback. He's I know old. what I just said. I'm not John Madden it. Everyone calm down. I know what I said. I know what I said. And probably the thing that if, if you're a Texans fan or just a Texans fantasy football owner that you should have been watching was Damian Pierce, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, once again, proving why he's a top 20 wide receiver. Yes, I said it. He is a consistent top 20 wide receiver. Go look at the facts. You'll find no disagreement from me. Exactly. Seven catches for 82 yards. Damian Pierce, he had a debut there. He had 11 carries for 33 yards. Rex Burthead was the uh, feature back, though. 14 carries for 40 yards. He also had five catches for 30 yards. I am very excited to see the snap percentages, not just from this game, from every game. Um, 
but especially of these two players because Rex Burkhead, I mean, if this is going to be a normal-ish thing where he's getting 14 carries and you he's getting pick him up. eight targets, you have to pick him up. Like an empire, I ain't going to front with you. I'm going to give it the strong look if I can find a spot on my roster for him. Because, I mean, he's on every waiver wire and pretty much in vast majority of leagues that you can possibly think of. Yes. I mean, nine points in a buy flex week? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. The dude just got 19 <laughs> touches. You have to pick him up heading into week two. Just Even if you don't start him, even if it's just a wait and see, you have to do it. Miko Collins, two catches for 26 yards. Am I reading too much into this? I mean, because there was rumbles about, you know, is he going to be the fantasy sleeper? Do you do you see that? Or am I I'm reading too much into the tea leaves here? <sighs> I could still see it happening. Um I think you just kind of look at the fact that Rex Burkhead at eight targets to me says either a couple things. I wasn't able to watch this game, but to me it says that either there was a lot of pressure that came up the middle. So he couldn't wait for Nico to get downfield because he is a downfield specialist. Um, so he just had to check off the Rex Burkhead. Um, so, I mean, that's, if you have him on your roster, especially redraft, just hold on to him for another week or two, give it time to develop. I think he'll be okay. In the AFC East, we had a matchup between the Dolphins and the Patriots. Oh, it wasn't a matchup. It was a mashup, baby. <laughs> Taking the wacky to Bill Belichick. Uh, Tua, Tua was on fire. He had he was 23 of 33 for 270 and a touchdown. I know that doesn't scream, but for Dolphins fans, I'm Perfect. sure they're like, praise. It was Listen. It was a great tag. As one now. of those people, that's perfect. Yeah. Say no more, say no less. I will live with it. <laughs> great, great stat line. Jalen Waddle had four catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. Shandala. And Tyree Kill, welcome to the Dolphins. Eight this, catches yeah. for 94 yards. So Tyreek is proving targets. I'm going to be just fine, everyone. Everyone calm down. I'm having fun down here in South Beach. Definitely. Everyone else can just go away. <laughs> and Jance called it in um, our Thursday episode. He said that he thinks this is going to be the – Look at the shiny new toy toy game when it comes to Tyree Kill and AJ Brown. Um, so kudos to him, our very special friend. But uh, well, yeah, when when you're paying someone anywhere from twenty five oh to thirty million dollars <laughs> yeah. on average, it's like you have the owner coming down. Listen, you are throwing him <laughs> the ball, the GD ball, or else I will come down there and replace you with the ghost of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Chase Edmonds had twelve carries for twenty five yards. He also had four catches for forty yards. So he had 16 touches, clearly is going to be the number one running back based on this statistics, but watch out for Raheem Mostert moving forward also. I'm I'm confident with Chase Edmonds. It was a serviceable game. I think he showed that he is going to be the clear 75% running back. And with any fantasy running back these days, if they're the 75% snap guy, he's the guy that I get. And once again, I hate the, uh, the Patriots running back trio that they love doing. <laughs> Because it just, from a fantasy perspective, is just gross. Yeah. You remember I mean, the hype da- for Ramondre? I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Damian Harris, you know, he had the uh, predominant amount of touches, but Ty Montgomery, of course, had the touchdown that was taken from him. So I feel like if Damian had gotten that touchdown, it would have been a much better stat line, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I just, just run, run from this. Even in Dynasty, honestly, if you can find someone who is willing to pay the premium for Damian Harris or for Ramondre Stevenson, 
do it now because I don't think as long as Bill Belichick has breath within his lungs that we're ever going to have a 60% guy at running back for the Patriots. No, no, not at all. Same thing with the wide receivers. Uh, you know, Nelson Aguilar had three catches for 28 yards and the trade, the big trade they made this offseason for Devontae Parker. Wink, wink. One catch for nine yards to say that I was underwhelmed is a I will overstatement. listen. You have to spot the uh, quote unquote offensive coordinators, uh, the defensive coordinator, you know. Um, oh crap, Matt Patricia, Matt, Matt Patricia, then Joe Judge, Joe Judge, two, two felled head coaches back in the Belichick yeah. fold. It's one of those things of, and plus the Dolphins, once again, like Jansen, I said in Thursday's episode, like. They're a good start this week because they could have the best defense in the league. Because, and a part of the reason why I feel like their wide receivers didn't have like you know in any halfway decent production um, outside of Jacoby Myers was because I mean whenever you have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard roaming around locking down number one and number two, and that just that's not gonna what are you gonna do? It's like putting two padlocks on a gate saying go ahead jump over it I'll scratch your leg in the process. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't I don't know why Bill is doing this, but whatever he's doing, con- congrats, I guess. What whatever. Here here's ballsy question for you. And I'll ask Jance the same thing. Are you starting Miami next Miami's DST against Baltimore next week after what they did to Lamar last year? I know it was with a banged up offensive line and everything. And like oh, no yeah. running backs. No, I I would do it. Oh, yes, made after my own heart. No, I would do it. Uh, the team is clearly proven, you know, and not to mention Mike McDaniels is a heck of a coach. Yeah. Heck of a coach. He's he's built a terrific um, coaching, you know, entourage, whatever you want to call it. What was it called? Coaching staff. That's there the term, is. not entourage. But that would be fun, too, though. Here's my <laughs> coaching entourage, not coaching staff. And so, like, the MTV show comes on with entourage? Yeah, exactly. I'm all full of the references tonight. I'm tired. Entourage is HBO. I just want to clear that up before people start giving us uh, whatever saying it was on MTV. Whatever. All right. Moving from one AFC East team to the next. And speaking of Lamar, so Lamar Jackson took on the New York Jets, which by the way, he turned down the supposed largest contract. Did you see his- how much it was? Because I wasn't able to see that. It was like $260 million or something like that. Oh, oh, look, you talk about the Ravens for a second. He turned down a $290 million offer. It was recently that he declined a massive six-year $290 million contract that included $133 million fully guaranteed, which was more than Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson received. Holy crap. And that was as per Chris Mortensen on Twitter, uh, because I'm seeing right here in front of me on CBS Sports, that's $290 million. And, but, but it I, was not the guarantee I love of Sean Watson that this uh, NBC Sports Edge blurb says, but the offer only included one hundred and thirty three million dollars guaranteed, bro, <laughs> bro. <laughs> and I see here that he's like he's willing to explore the Kirk Cousins strategy of playing consecutive years on the franchise tag. Well, guess what, Bucko? Baltimore doesn't pay people worth crap. Everyone was shocked when Joe Flacco got his $100 million contract. Now I know. He's, for this. he's crazy. Yeah. And he's playing with fire, especially with the way he plays. And I understand what he's doing. He's trying to get his money. By all means, go for it. But ooh, if I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, I'm doing this the whole time. I'm like, you're like whatever you're, luck and yeah. sage or whatever else. I'm praying, Hail Marys, whatever it may be. 
you're you're <laughs> just crazy. saying you're listen you are not walking under any ladders you're not crossing any black cats you are not breaking any mirrors stepping you, on any lines no like you're keeping your mother's back very safe from stepping on that crack okay yep. like you better start praying now <laughs> so you know lamar had a pretty good game he had 17 he was 17 of 30 213 three touchdowns he had six carries for 17 yards Kenyon drake had 11 carries because jk dobbins is still not back yet is this I mean, I, I kept him on my roster, but I didn't think he was going to become the premier back for the Baltimore Ravens today. I mean, I don't think he did either. Just as kind of the status of the Ravens until they get their number one and number two running backs with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards back on the field. Devin DuVernay had four catches for 54 yards and two touchdowns. Rashard Bateman had two catches for 59 and a touchdown. So, and, of course, Mark Andrews, five catches for 52 yards. There was a touchdown that was taken away by Sauce Gardner, and I will not forgive him for that. Saucy doing saucy things, baby. He, no, he's like, living up to his name without a doubt. So it, uh, good game for him. The thing from this game that I want to pull from, and yes, I might be being hypercritical, but Lamar was 17 of 30, so he was barely over you know, 50% completion. Yeah. Um, you look at the wide receivers, it was 4, 9, 13 of his 30 targets went to the wide receivers. Um. I just, I don't know, man. I still got that eerie feeling that there's not a wide receiver you want from the Ravens. I really do. No, no. The the only one is Mark Andrews because he's going to get anywhere from 7 to 13. He genuinely might targets. have 30% of the target share by the end of the year. No question. And then with the Jets, uh, the only thing that was kind of worth talking about, in my opinion, was Michael Carter. Uh, Brees Hall's had, had a good game there. He had six carries for 23 yards. He had six catches for 38 yards. So I'm, I think we're going to continue to see that. But I really don't know how this offense is going to be set up till Zach Wilson is back in, the, in yeah. the controls. But, I mean, Michael Carter had a good game. Ten yeah. carries for 60 yards. He had seven catches for 40 yards. But and Joe Flacco looked, being captain check down. And he looked good. Like, let's not gloss over this. I was going to catch a couple did, highlights. Yeah. Like, Michael Carter today looked like the better running back. But my thing is, and we even talked about this with Brees Hall coming into the year, yeah. um, it's going to take a little bit. Like, yeah, he was on the same plane as Jonathan Taylor, on the same plane as Saquon Barkley and Javante Williams, like athletically. But whenever it comes down to it, it's going to take some time. And plus, uh, like I was talking with Jantz uh, the other day, his opening schedule is rough. I mean, it's Baltimore, at Cleveland, Cincinnati, at Pittsburgh, Miami, at Green Bay, at Denver, at or, and home against New England. Home against Buffalo. That's the first nine weeks of a schedule, including the week one against Baltimore. All Brutal. those defenses, top 10 against the run. Right. So give it time. I do think his breakout will be this year. I do think it will be a second half breakout. Just be patient. Especially dynasty managers at myself. And Corey Davis didn't look too bad either. He had six catches <sighs> for 77 yards, but whether that continues is another story. All of this will probably change whenever scared Joe Flacco gets out from behind the line. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. So we had Jacksonville taking on the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz with the new team. Uh, so Carson Wentz had 27 of 41, 313, and four touchdowns. Say that again, Taylor. I know you love him so much. I just want to hear you say that one more time. 313 and four touchdowns. That's How many fantasy crazy. points do you see on the, on the board there? 29. Yeah, that's seven. what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. James Robinson was uh, James Robinson, of course. Uh, 11 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. He also had a catch for a touchdown. 
So he's he's killing it. It's always good to have both of those players, James and uh, Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne had a pretty good game himself. He had four catches, or sorry, four carries for 47 yards, so averaged about 10 yards a carry. He also had two catches for 18 yards. He did have a fumble. He's got yeah. some work to do there, but he's going to work his way into it. So and- question for you as an Etienne guy real quick. Are you concerned with James Robinson getting 11 carries for 66 yards in his first game back after tearing his Achilles? No, no. I mean, he he, he scored two touchdowns, so, I, I mean, it, it could have easily gone the other way, in, in my he, opinion. I, I will stand on the opposite side of that fence because I would be concerned, but to each their own. It's it's the first week. I, I think everyone's still trying to get acclimated. I, they're going to figure out a way to get Travis Etienne the ball. I mean, we'll, we'll find out. They're going to get him involved. We'll find uh, out. But the thing I will say, though, is, you know, taxes, death, Antonio Gibson and James Robinson having double digit, you know, weeks is pretty par for the course. I feel like being top 12 running backs. It's hey, crazy. Like as of Sunday night right now, Antonio Gibson is the running back 12. And that's without scoring a touchdown. But my favorite thing that I see when I look at his stat line is he had eight targets for seven receptions for 72 yards. Like that right there is what Antonio Gibson managers have been clamoring for since he was a rookie coming into the league. Because remember, he did play wide receiver at Memphis. So if that stays true, Antonio Gibson will still be a usable fantasy asset, even if Brian Robinson comes in and takes, you know, 14 or like anywhere between 10 to 14 carries a game. Because if he is the, the pass catcher role, but he still gets like five carries a game or something, he's going to be a top 24 guy. He will, he will be very usable. I mean, crap. He clips 130 total yards. Did I do math right? I think so. Yes. Man, thank God I can still do math. Yeah, it's 130. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's week one and everyone was freaking out, worried about him. But yet here he is, like you said, death taxes and 100 top 12 guy. And once again, along with the shiny toy analogy, Christian Kirk had six catches for 117 yards, a team high 12 targets. 12 targets. Once again, four years, $72 million. So, of course, he's going to get the daggum ball. <laughs> and here's the thing. The Jaguars. They're going to throw it at his helmet for all yeah. they care at this point. <laughs> the Jaguars, they, they look like an actual NFL team. Unlike the human gar- you know dumpster fire that was their coach last year, they actually looked competent. They looked like they knew what they were doing on offense. They looked like they could compete. So, Kudos to them. They look great. Um, Zay Jones also six receptions on nine targets for 65 yards. He's a decent uh, stash candidate. Oh, and Jahan Dotson had two touchdowns. I forgot. Jahan Johnson played well. Zay Jones played well. He had six catches for 65 yards. Curtis Samuel. Where, he, he came out of nowhere. Yeah. Four carries for 17 yards. He had eight catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. And, and, and if I'm a Terry McLaurin owner, should I be concerned? I would be because Jahan Dotson caught two touchdowns. Curtis Samuel got 11 targets. Terry McLaurin only had four targets. Jeez. You, I don't know if they were just rolling coverage to Terry McLaurin or what, but like based off of what we can see based from the stats, you even should, Logan Thomas had six targets. You should be a little, little, little queasy in the belly. Uh, give it time though. Do not freak out. When I tell people this guy, I would consider a stud. Give him the first month, then reassess. Unless he comes out with like no targets next week, in which case, get rid of him and redraft. And 
speaking of on fire, the Chiefs. Oh my God. 44 to 21 against the Cardinals. Um, yeah, so Kansas City's ready to roll it back. <laughs> They're like, screw y'all. <laughs> we're we're gonna figure this out. Travis Kelsey, eight of nine for 121 yards and a touchdown. Travis doing Travis things. He at might be 32 years old. He it's, might be ancient, but my God. Oh yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, seven carries for 42 yards. He had three catches for 32 yards and two touchdowns. Is this something we should continue to expect for the future? Or is it going to be more so that, uh, is it Pacheco? Pacheco? Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco. He had 12 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown also. I would be concerned if I was a Clyde Edwards manager, both in Dynasty and in Redraft. Um, Honestly, in Redraft, I would trade him right now for whatever you can get because people are going to have the thought of, this is going to be the new normal. I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be that guy. But then you look down on the scoreline, you see Isaiah Pacheco had 12 carries for 62 yards. So that's just over five yards a clip. Uh, yeah, he had a fumble in there, but I don't think Andy Reid's going to care about that. Um, I think Isaiah Pacheco is a real threat to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire managers, both once once again in redraft and dynasty, should be concerned, and I would be shopping him actively. Like, not passively, just like, oh, yeah, I want to look at a trade. And like, you're sending people offers like Clyde Edwards-Alaire for your second round next year plus some depth guy or Clyde Edwards aware and something for a first round pick next year, like whatever position your dynasty roster is in, start making aggressive trades using this week's 20.9. Like it looks great. I mean, I think right now he's, I want to say like the running back three, uh, running so. back, he's running back six. Still come back and running. Back. Yeah. Come back in three weeks. I don't think so. Captain. So once again, I, for me, I would be, selling mucho high right now while you can because i think the cliff is coming and once again even though the cardinals scored 21 points death taxes james connor scores a touchdown this is getting kind of ridiculous this is getting ridiculous i heard a stat i think it was 18 straight games where he has a rushing touchdown in that building or 17 or something like that like it's disgusting um i don't know what to take from this from the cardinals other than they do not look good I think they figured out Cliff Kingsbury's offense. I think they missed DeAndre Hopkins. That too. They they missed DeAndre. Uh, Marquise Brown had a good game though. Four catches for 43 oh, yards and a touchdown. Uh, hopefully he gets more targets, but Greg Dortch, uh, who came out of nowhere, he had seven catches for 63 yards. He had nine targets. Uh, may want to put a flyer out there. Not going to lie over the next couple of weeks while yeah. DeAndre is out. Especially Dynasty. Like if he's floating around, which he, I'm pretty sure he is in pretty much every dynasty league I'm in, at least. Yeah, uh, there's only 7% ownership in sleeper apps. Yeah, I would float out some fab for him because just in case, because we know Marquise Brown's not necessarily the picture of health. True. So, I mean, if, he, if he goes down, it's, it's Greg Dortch. And yes, that's very weird to say out loud, but it's Greg Dortch and who else? Uh, and moving from one game that was kind of eh, to another, this one, uh, I don't know of many people that saw this coming. We had the Minnesota Vikings oh. hammering the Packers. Listen, listen, listen. As someone with a Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson stack in a league, it was a great day for me. Okay. <laughs> um, 
And for the Packers, I feel like this is pretty part of the course. Aaron Rodgers, he he was kind of slow last year. Remember, he opened with two touchdowns, and from then on, he went and had 37 touchdowns to only two interceptions. So just God, everyone know, calm down. I understand he had Tay, but look, everyone <laughs> breathe. I don't know, man. They're going to be was... fine. That was he did not look good. Twenty two of thirty four for a buck ninety five and one. Um, I don't know, man. That yeah. did not look good. I I'm more concerned. This is I'm not concerned about Aaron Rodgers. I'm more concerned about Aaron Jones, uh, fantasy owners, because AJ Dillon looked good. Ten carries, forty five yards, and a touchdown. He also had five catches for forty six yards. That's the thing because coming into this game, it was like Aaron Jones could have eighty receptions this year. Yeah. He could have 10 catches this week. Then all of a sudden he has only three, and yet AJ Dillon has five. Yeah. I mean, it's just it it could be con- could and should be concerning. And let's just say in a certain league that I have with you in the ESPN app, I will be starting AJ Dillon over Aaron Jones next week. <laughs> I could see that. I could definitely see that. Romeo Dobbs, who was a promising rookie. Over Christian Watson, he had a carry for 11 yards. He had four catches for 37 yards. Very comparative to Christian Watson. He had one carry for seven yards, and he had two catches for 34 yards. So out of these two rookies here, Jacob, who do you need to pick moving forward? Oh, you know I'm a Dobbs guy. I can't say Christian Watson. I I agree with that, even though I have Watson on one of my – It's just – it's Romeo Dobbs. He's had more time to accrue that – that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. So if he is the guy who comes out on top, he could have a great year. Uh, talk, 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 talk about the Vikings because there's just Justin Jefferson's stuff. Yeah, Justin <laughs> Jefferson, nine catches Ooh. for 184 yards and two touchdowns. My, <clears throat> my. Yeah. My phone kept saying, ding, big play, Justin Jefferson, like the first drive or the first right. quarter. It went off once. Like, oh, cool. It's going to be a good game. It went off again. I thought, oh, they must have just, you know, accidentally hit the same alert twice. No, it was a different one. Then a couple minutes later, oh hey, he scored a touchdown. Didn't he? Didn't he have like 158 yards the first half? Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, he was absolutely in fuego that first half. And look, I'm just—he's good at football. I think that's just the easy way to say it. Dalvin Cook. It it started slowly, but it ended up well. He had 20 carries for 90 yards. He had three catches for 18 yards and. Kirk Cousins, 23 of 32, 277, two touchdowns. Pay that man. Oh, wait, they already did. I like a lot of money. I love Kirk Cousins. But uh, with Dalvin Cook, don't freak out. The touchdowns will come. I mean, next week they play Philadelphia, and we just saw what DeAndre Swift did to them. So while I don't think it'll be necessarily as, you know, Swiss cheese as it was this week against the Lions for the Philadelphia front seven, I still think Dalvin Cook is going to get his against the Eagles next week. My, oh, my. Good old Kirky. Okay. So moving on to a former Packer, the Devonte Adams show with the Las Vegas Raiders taking on Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles chargers. Herbert had himself a pretty good game. 26 of 34, 279, three touchdowns. Derek Carr, not too shabby. 22 of 37, 295, two touchdowns. He did have three interceptions and two fumbles. I'm concerned about having five turnovers. They should have won this game. Yeah, I mean, they definitely should have, but the fact is they didn't. And I think what this solidifies is the Chargers have a good defense. 
Yeah, when you have a Khalil Mack, you have Kenneth Murray in the middle, and you have Derwin James covering the backside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, Sante. I forgot. Joey Bosa also on the other end. <laughs> yeah, Asante Samuel is one of the other corners. Asante uh, Samuel Jr., at least, I'll say that. But, I mean, it's that, that defense is going to be good. That team is going to be very good. That's why I picked them to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> so, Josh Jacobs had 10 carries for 57 yards. Then Devontae. 10 catches for 141 yards and a touchdown. All the receivers that went and got their money outside of Terry McLaurin had a magnificent first game with their new teams. Jacob, do you see this trend continuing as we move on in 2022, or do you see some players rising above the other players with their new new QBs? Uh, excuse my yawn. Huh, I have no shame. And I, I know my voice is soothing. Right now. It's not the time. <laughs> Uh, Devonte Adams, I think, is going to be a guy who will continue this trend. I mean, he's his new threads, same guy. So, I mean, seventeen targets. Obviously, he led the team. Um, a little romance just, going on there with his former uh, college live, quarterback. They live Carter. next to each other. <laughs> Genuinely, like when, no, like that's awesome. Once the trade processed, Derek Carr was like, "Hey, there's a house for sale in my neighborhood. You should buy it." He offer was on the table the next day. They literally live next door to each other. And they said they've been texting ever since they graduated from Fresno just because they're like BFF chills. That's that's hilarious. That's awesome. Austin Eckler, should I be concerned? 14 carries, 36 yards. He had four carries, or sorry, four catches for 36 yards. Nah. Should not be worried whatsoever. Keenan Allen had four catches for 66 yards. And he also Mike, pulled up with a hamstring at one point, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. And then Mike Wilson, or sorry, not Mike Wilson. Mike Williams only had two catches for 10 yards. I'm I'm getting a little panicky a little bit about the wide receivers there. Gus Everett had himself a game. Three catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. Darren Waller, you, you can definitely tell that the share and the love is no not there what it was. He was four of six for 79 yards, but still made maximize the most of his targets. So I think Devonte there in the long term is going to be good, but in the initial could be of some concern for fantasy owners. Darren Waller is now the side piece for Derek Carr. It's basically what we just saw today. I do think there will be games where, because teams are going to have to choose to cover either Devonte Adams or Darren Waller. And so I think today's game, they chose Darren Waller. They say, Hey, he's not going to beat us. So what happens is Devonte Adams beats you. Um, there will be his games here and there, but I think Darren Waller is kind of like in like a tier two or tier three tight end right now. Like he's probably closer to six than he is to, to number two. Um, but he's still a great athlete. He's still going to be a red zone target. So don't be shocked if he, you know, he's going to have big weeks here and there. Also, if Keenan Allen comes out and he's out for a couple of weeks, Josh Palmer on redraft, you should pick him up because he's going to be really good if he gets an opportunity. Just saying. And then the Giants shocked the Titans, winning 21 to 20. Uh, Saquon Barkley had 18 carries for 164 yards and a touchdown. He also had six catches for 30 yards and a two point conversion. Holy cow. The New York little people grew up real quick. Yeah. And uh, Derrick Henry had 21 carries for 82 yards. Uh huh. Yeah, that, uh-huh. that, that happened. Don't forget to mention that his backup had three receptions for 61 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I know. He, he took... That is fluky. Yeah, absolutely. But, still, but, but still. our Randall Cobb of the week. 
There you go. We're bringing it back, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you out there that don't know what the Randall Cobb is, last year, Randall Cobb would occasionally catch three catches for two touchdowns. It'd usually be him, maybe Dawson Knox, possibly also um, Arnold, the tight end from Jacksonville. It just kind of happens. I have a good one for you, for a better one for the Randall Cobb guy of the week. You ready for this? Okay. Uh, His name is Chris. I'm going to assume it's Miriak, Myrak. I don't know. One All reception, right. one yard, one touchdown. My there man. There we go. <laughs> Six fantasy points. Let's go. That's tight end love right there. Hey, <laughs> sad news is, I'm going to check this real quick. I'm pretty sure he's in the top 12 right now at tight end. Oh, yeah, probably. Yep, he is number 12 tight end off of one reception. That's why the tight end is a garbage position. And they were able to polish a turd, and his name was Daniel Jones. He was 17 to 21 for 188 yards and two touchdowns. He also had a two point conversion. He did have an interception. He also had six carries for 25 yards. I mean, is he a lost cause at this point? I know he played well, but I'm like, is this, I I don't know what to make of this other than maybe the Titans, you know, defense was not up to snub. I think that's the thing is the Titans defense, they've lost some pieces. They lost their best pass rusher. I think it was to either an Achilles, a calf or an ACL. Some bad injury that's talking about for the rest of the year. Um, and that was in preseason. So the Titans are a team I'm concerned with. The fact that the New York, previously known as the short people, came out and beat them in their home um, by Saquon Barkley having a fantastic game. Um, and then Derrick Henry, he had 21 carries for 82 yards. That ain't good. And if you drafted him at three overall, like his ADP was in most uh, draft formats, Right, you're, you're crying big tears. Ryan Tannehill, he did not look bad, but I think one of the things is they're missing AJ Brown. I mean, and for all you Traylon Burks people out there, here's a fun one for you: Kyle Phillips, Hunter Renfro's insurance assistant at their agency. He freaking had nine targets, six receptions for 66 yards. He may be the. Um... He led the team new, today. New, new candidate for being a non-zero. He led the team today with targets and with receiving yards. Like, you cannot just overlook that. I mean, he's a fifth-round rookie out of UCLA. Yeah, he's a slot guy, but guess what? He just got six receptions for 66 yards. If he's out there, you have to pick him up, especially, I think, like in Dynasty. Because um, what if? Like, this stuff happens just out of the blue. You can't predict some of this stuff. Yeah, here this guy is showing us that he is a usable fantasy asset in week one whenever no one else was. Because it's not like this team has an established wide receiver one. Yeah, you're definitely putting fab on him. And then for the Giants, Richie James, uh, not the name you were probably expecting to hear. He had five catches for 59 yards. Kenny Galladay had two catches for 22. And Cardarius Tony had two carries for 23 yards, no receptions. Yeah. Uh, Richie James is not the guy that you were expecting to hear, but him along with Kyle Phillips are probably some people that you may want to pl- uh, throw some fab down on waiver I mean, Wednesday. Crap. Even Sterling Shepard, former OU glory yeah. tore his Achilles last year. Yet he had two receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. That's not a joke. It's like, not good enough. Yeah. And every time he plays Daniel Jones loves targeting him. So, I mean, Sterling Shepard's out there in redraft. Pick him up. I mean, if you're that thirsty for wide receivers in your dynasty league, offer someone like a third round pick for him just to see what happens. Because living in the land of what if and based off of what we saw today is he apparently still has juice. 
He's got the juice. Oh, allergies. It's the worst. And the last game we're going to talk about that's going on right now, the Buccaneers are up 19-3, to beginning of the fourth quarter against the Cowboys. I'll just let you carry this one. This one's your forte. The the Cowboys look like crap. It's it's pretty easy. Uh, There's no offensive line. CD's had a couple of drops. He's got two catches for 29 yards. Dak is 10 of 21 for 89 yards and an interception. That's just not going to cut it. Don't don't forget Uh, CD's nine targets. Yeah, yeah. Schultz not looking terrible. He has four catches for 31 yards. Granted, I haven't really got to watch a lot of the game, but I can tell you this. Julio Jones is back. Two catches, or sorry, two carries for 17 yards. He had three. I think we lost Taylor, everybody. That's why there was an awkward quiet there. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. He, he just, he's frozen in his glory. But anyways, until he comes back, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pause this real quick. You're going to hear me back again in a couple minutes. Maybe. If not, we'll pick it up from here. Like I said, I'm pretty sure Taylor's internet decided to dip out real quick. And I told you you'd hear me after this pause. So, Taylor... You're ranting about how the Cowboys suck right now. Please carry on with chlorophyll. It was, be- it was beautiful. I loved hearing it. No, it was, it was terrible. I was talking about Julio Jones. Julio had uh, Julio Jones is back. He had two carries for 17 yards. He had three catches for 69 yards. Leonard Fournette, all that talk about him eating Big Macs is a complete joke. <laughs> he looked terrific. 19 carries, 112 yards, two catches for 10 yards. He's definitely playing for a new contract. Go get it. Playoff Lenny. I mean, as of right now, from what we've seen from Dallas is that offensive line is not good and everything is folding around that. So Cowboys fans, it doesn't make me sad to say this. I'm not sorry. We're 13 minutes in the fourth quarter and Dak Prescott has now just thrown over 100 yards in the ballgame. Hey, moving up in this world. What is going on? This is you're missing ridiculous. your best offensive lineman. Um your defensive line's not horrible, but it's not getting the job done. And then uh, just, uh, yeah, not good. <laughs> it's too much. It's don't, too much. Don't freak out too much. Don't forget too much. I mean, they only play Cincinnati next week. But anyways, we, we, we got to get out of here. We got to blow this popsicle stand. We got to get out of here. I just want to say thank you to everyone that's been listening to us. Thank you to Jance. Also, first and foremost, been listening to the pod when I was on vacation. You, uh, JD and Jance, y'all been doing a terrific job. So thank you for that. And please rate and review. Please give us a five-star rating wherever you may be listening to us, whether it be Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Yeah, that's some of the ones. Uh, if there's another platform that you prefer to listen to, hit us up on Twitter and or Gmail. Jacob, where can the fine folks find us on Twitter and or Gmail? You can find us on Twitter at Misfit underscore FF or at our Gmail at the.misfit.ff at gmail.com where we'll answer any and all of your fantasy football questions. Holy crap, the timer is about to go out. All righty. See y'all later. Adios, people. Best of luck to everyone who won and whoever lost. I believe in you.